Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badass Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio For real Society 13 Networks. Welcome to the Christmas episode of Kettle Whistle Radio, if you want to call it that. Through the years, we've had some really sad ones. <laughs> Very anti-Christmas sometimes, too. But um, I, I'm also here for another reason, too. Uh, Dr. John Towers is in the house, along with Christine Starkey. Oh, we're going. Oh, we're going Just right like now. That. We're live. Yeah, you're a professional. <laughs> hi, John. Hello. There you are. <laughs> David, hi. How you doing? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we are here to talk about... A certain book called The Ages that John has. I don't know how, how detailed he wants to get into this right away, but um, you seem to belt these things out pretty quick. This no, man, this was two years. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, this is, it took a while for this one. Okay. Well, I guess give us the premise. Well, it's um, I've been writing, I've been doing these comic books for over 10 years now, and I do a lot of like research into like the occult and like weird fringe topics. So I had like all these ideas that I was never able to like use, and so I kind of used this book for like a clearinghouse for like all those crazy. Oh, that's cool. Sh- concepts and stuff. Oh, like some open-ended questions are being answered now, or well, well, sort of. But I mean, just like um, so the book starts in the Garden of Eden. It's a, it's a, it's basically like a tale of prehistory and like the stuff in like the, the Old Testament, except uh. I kind of flip it and I use like a lot of like Gnostic stories and I make Cain the good guy (laughs) and he's the through line for the whole book is that he's rebelling against this tyrant who is God, you know, and um, like uh, when he gets cursed, like he gets like presented, like 
prison tats that are made out of like angelic script and stuff. And uh, so I get to go through that and, um, you know, the Genesis five that everyone talks about now where like the angels come down to like meet with the earth chicks because, you know, it's all about the earth chicks (laughs) 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 and like their offspring are like these giants that like uh, uh, do all these all these crazy things. So I was able to like use that, get into that kind of stuff and also like the Tower of Babel and like the flood and like the weird conspiracy stuff I was able to work in is like Saturn death cults (laughs) (laughs) and and like, um, none of this surprises me by the way. (laughs) And, uh, just, uh, you know, try to take like some stories that people might know, like the tower of Babel and kind of turn them, turn them around and kind of like, like reload them. And, uh, because, uh, the guy gets cursed to walk the earth, like God meant like forever. So it's like, he's like, just just plotting through like the like history and like he finds himself in the crusades and he gets gutted and he's like yes finally like i'm gonna die but he he just sits there and like rots and so like for like the whole last chapter is he's like in my head dave it's like ray harryhausen skeleton oh yes you know from like sinbad (laughs) in the seventh it's like yeah so um so like he's like basically like just this badass warrior ever living skeleton yes yeah Um, and um familiar with him yeah uh does he come complete with that that music in the background that harry oh yeah sinbad for sure (laughs) (laughs) and um since the through line like the theme of the whole book is basically him rebelling against tyranny um he finds himself like founding america you know like Hmm. it's like he's he like he mentions like i've spent you know centuries in these dungeons of these tyrants and like he is there like influencing like the the drafting of the uh the doc like the founding documents and stuff and then you know he even's like hey you know like god fucks everything up like he tries to kill everyone he fucks it up he tries to do this he fucks that like he just fucks everything up and then he mentions how that's kind of like echoed you know like with um you know all, all men are created equal well, except for the slaves like eh, you know food. you know so like you know it's all about just this like fire like firing blanks at like this unstoppable you know you know t- what he views as like a tyrant or whatever very cool well you bend a lot of your of history with your mythos and you somehow you make it original where like where does all this stuff come from in this one is this did you watch the history channel for a week or no dude this is no this is just like my research that i've been doing forever like you know like i said just shuffling like shuffling every everything together like here's a case in point like um have you guys ever seen the south pole of saturn no 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 so a few years ago i think it was like voyager or something like flew out and it like took this picture of like the underside of saturn and it has this permanent hexagon on it and it looks like this fucking like eye like staring down whoa and so what i did is i used like basically that aspect of saturn as like the avatar for god in the garden of eden so it's like there's that is really cool there's like a white sun and a black sun and this eye staring down at the garden of eden just watching judging them like the whole like the whole time and um uh and i also used again then i shuffled the deck and i read this book when i was in high school called um uh worlds in collision it was by this guy named emmanuel vilikovsky and what he did is he looks at like these ancient petroglyphs and stuff and he like distilled down this idea that 
you know, there's like a delineation in history or prehistory before that time, the sky looked different. The planets were arranged in a different way. And Venus was actually a, a comet that came through and smashed into like part of Mars and like it turned the whole sky into like a billiard, like a billiard table. And so like I used That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. So like I used like that, like I took that piece and like, you know, you know, so I use like I use that, but the the hexagon like on the on the ass end of Saturn um, is actually like if you look at a hexagon a certain way, but you imagine it as like a cube, you know, because it's like it's skewed and it becomes like a te- like a tesseract or like right. a three dimensional cube. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, then I took that and I made that like into a thing. Like these evil magic users are called the Order of the Shining Hexagon, and nice. <laughs> that's so badass. Yeah, and I was able to like play a lot with um. Like symbols that we use, like the like the sign for money, is like in my book you can trace it to like the serpent around the tr- like around the tree, you know, because like the tree and then the, the S would yeah, be like the serpent sure. part, or like a swastika is like the is like an ancient symbol for like the black sun that we were talking about, and like um just. You know, all that kind of stuff. I feel like I'm babbling. That's what, You're not. No, 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 no. <laughs> no totally babble on. I, I just wanted you to tease it a little bit. We were going to get deep into it later. But um, if this doesn't tease it, I, I, I first of all, I wanted to, this could be a last minute Christmas present for folks. Really easy to get. <laughs> mm-hmm. They probably get it in a couple of days yeah, from Am- Amazon. Amazon. Um, you can get it. It's called The Ages, John Towers. Um, of course, at Burning Bulb Publishing. Dot com. <laughs> yes, burning bulb. Those burning bulb guys took care of me this time around. Yeah. I, I love that. Gary Vincent, man. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Amazon. It's, there's a Kindle version and a paperback version. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Or man. you can just go to stigmatastudio.com and order. You can find the links right there. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Just all of that. Now you're getting more into the symbols than the characters because you you had all these characters. You always dealt with the angels, archangels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what are the aliens? Um, Oh, there's no aliens. Well, they are, but they're not. Oh, well, the chair, the chair of yeah, the chair of yeah, like yeah, fantastic. <laughs> but now I'm totally intrigued. Now I have to read this thing. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't bring one for you. That, no, that's all right. You brought it here uh, over Halloween. I got the glance. Oh at yeah, it. right, right. But um, yeah, well, th- that's just a teaser, folks. We're gonna get into this with, with Dr. John Towers here in a little bit more. Um, we, I did have Frylock on uh, from Aqua Teen <laughs> Hunger Force and Christine. Got to call in and talk with him. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> He's a cool dude. Carrie Means. Uh, that's the episode prior to this one, folks. Go to episode 159. Uh, yeah, this is a nice 160 that you're on right now, John. Uh, Whoop. Yeah, the Christmas episode, if you will. But yeah, it was funny because Christine asked him probably the one thing he didn't want to talk about. <laughs> Yet, you, you pulled it off really well. Did I? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he didn't want to talk politics. Felt like I was just kind of like giving him a lot and I was just like just tell me what you think it, no it was funny because it we, was definitely a gotcha question we touched on uh, me and him we talked we talked about politics racism and Bugs Bunny if you could put all that together it was an interesting conversation <laughs> so don't feel bad <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break here folks for station identification and sponsorship alright and uh, stick with us thanks for listening to Kettle Whistle Radio um, now I, I wanted to make note of um, one of our sponsors here um, someone else's bar. Okay. Um, definitely the coolest bar I've ever been to and the best bar food you'll ever have. And it's, it's actually better than, better food than most restaurants I've ever been to that just concentrate on their food. Uh, it's just amazing. And like here, just here, I'll read this for you right here. Uh, someone else's bar is surprisingly a demure. The atmosphere is dim but classy, smoke free, and family friendly. Elsa, the owner, 
said couples with children are regulars at the bar and while there's no official children's menu they are happy to downsize several menu items of course there are chicken tidbits which are absolutely delicious one of my favorites and chicken quesadillas they are amazing and grilled cheese one of the best grilled cheese sandwiches i know that doesn't sound like much until you've had it you don't know best grilled cheese sandwich that can be appreciated by all ages for the grown-ups the portions are anything but child size this is true elsa stresses fresh ingredients in all of her menu offerings on all of her menu offerings and while you may be in a bar you're not getting bar food see so i stand corrected <laughs> it's a restaurant it's restaurant quality food at a bar and really just generous portions best wings in pittsburgh getting hungry just thinking about it um let's see if you're not familiar with castle shannon let's get location here if you're interested in checking it out um it used to be mark's willow inn back in the day and okay it is someone else's bar 3841 willow avenue castle shannon pa 15234 the number you can call in orders for pickup 412-343-4332 and there's also an email address someone else's bar at gmail.com I never ordered through the Gmail, but something tells me you probably can, or maybe just tell her how cool the place is. Food, drinks, candy, why go anywhere else? Someone else's bar. All right, folks, thank you. The holidays are approaching, and I hate Krimbus. Uh, the things about Krimbus that I do like are chocolate chip cookies and striped elf legs with pointy shoes. Uh, my favorite Krimbus memory as a child was playing... Krimbus songs on the violin at family gatherings. Uh, now I, I feel like Krimbus is out of control. And uh, I don't really like it anymore. No, I was just... Uh, Welcome back. Oh, okay. That's all right. You, you just what? <laughs> I was just asking. Yeah, we were, we were talking comic books off, off the air here. If you know of any uh, good collisions between stories, like what, what were you saying? Battlestar versus Star Trek? Yeah. I, I just knew about Robotech and Voltron. Like it's just a cool idea, like Star Trek's going out, trying to just explore the universe, and the Battlestar guys are like coming, trying to come to Earth to yeah. come home. It's a great and idea. have them like meet in the middle. Star Trek would get dusted, though, because they had those fucking Viper, those little fighter ships true and star trek they what they're gonna do float a fucking shuttle out there (laughs) (laughs) but they had those photon torpedoes you know and let's let's face it i guess it it all depends on which captain we go with i think both ships um have the galactica and the and uh the enterprise have both been taken out at the same amount of times i think (laughs) they're constantly getting destroyed they're hopeless but um yeah uh, you know since we're on this topic right now um who's going to see star wars rogue one I was actually going to buy tickets for right now until I realized that I was booked to come on your show. So uh. <laughs> Tomorrow is Nathan Blaine's birthday, so I've got him tickets to go see it in IMAX 3D. Very so I'm good girl. It at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Very good girl. Happy I got to say. Happy birthday, Nathan. Nice. Uh, I might swing by Robinson on the way home from here. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we'll right. Well, I got tickets for tomorrow night at 7:30, so. And uh and if we're going to hit a matinee next week, I'll do that too. So, yeah. yeah. Uh that's going to be up to you. You could join us if you want to. Um let's see here. So, yeah, we were talking about Christmas. And um I don't know. It's funny that I have you two on this show after all. I mean, I, 
I couldn't think of two better people to have a show on Christmas when I don't think you guys are the biggest fans of Christmas. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, are you or aren't you? I, I, can't, I can't. You're iffy with me, John. I don't know if you, you, you hate it or if you just deal with it. I just, I, I guess I just deal with it. <laughs> I, I don't, I can't actively hate it, I guess, but yeah, I just deal with it. It's always so stress. It, it just is stressful. It is. Cause it's always like money involved. And my parents have all been married and divorced multiple times. There and I go. got hundreds of fucking people to buy presents for, Ugh. and I don't have time for that shit anyway. So it's always just uh, how many kids are right uh, gift cards, you know? Like, right. That seems to be like the thing. That is the thing. It does I, take away from it, but it also saves you a lot of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of trouble. <laughs> but um, so, do you have a, a horrific Christmas story for us? Hor- horrific? Yeah, or just bad? I know. Well, I remember when I was a kid, Empire Strikes Back came out, oh and all I, what, that's her favorite. Like, yeah, that's right. her favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to see it in theaters, Starkey. That's how old I am. That's so cool. <laughs> so, um, <Same> here. <laughs> I remember uh, all I wanted was an ad at uh, for Christmas. That's it. 100%. I could give a fuck about <laughs> anything else. All I wanted was an ad at. Okay. You know, the walkers? Yeah. The big. Yeah. Okay. The, you know, the dog looking walker things? Yeah, I didn't know they had like any. Uh, there's, there's one right behind you. <laughs> yeah, this but, guy. Very miniature. Very, yeah. Because <laughs> I had like all the figures and everything. I just wanted a walker because it was like the coolest fucking thing I'd ever seen, you know? Yeah. And um, I remember coming downstairs on Christmas morning oh. and there was like an Adat sized box and I was like, yes! Oh, man. Fuck! All right, let's get to this. And I opened it up, and it was a fucking Dukes of Hazard race car set. Oh and I'm like, no! And I'm like, I don't like Dukes of Hazard. I don't like fucking race car. Like, what the fuck is this even doing here? I'm like, Santa must have gave this to the wrong kid. Someone I'm else like has got my fucking that edit. Deuce, Dukes of Hazard voiceover is just saying, and that is when yeah, it's like Waylon. And Jennings, that is when like, John hated Christmas. <laughs> that is exactly what it's. Like. But it's funny when we talk about Christmas to this day, my dad will go. Uh, I remember the look on your face when you opened up. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. He's the nicest guy in the world, too. And then, like, so year a couple years ago, I want to say, like, I don't know, maybe f- five years ago, he brings this fucking box to me for Christmas. And I'm like, oh, what, do you, what is this? I open it up, and he got in a fucking ad at No me. way. Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Not Nothing against collectors, yeah, David. But, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not a collector. Like, what am I going to do with this fucking ad at So I left it in the backseat of my car. And a coworker was like, dude, I'm trying to get this edit for my kid. And I noticed you got one in the backseat of your car. Oh How much God. do you want for it? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so How much able, did you make on that? I can't remember, but, um, <laughs> oh, that's uh, but I was able to save that kid's fucking that, Christmas. That, yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. That's so a like, great story. It's like fucking car. I'm an agent of it's karma. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And I was like, first. That pain of your childhood <laughs> paid off later on in life. For some other fucking kid. <laughs> for some other fucking kid. Now it's more painful. <laughs> A Christmas, <laughs> a Christmas miracle in the back of somebody's car. I was That's like, listen, fantastic. this is what you got to do first. You got to get a Dukes of Hazard race car set as a <laughs> as a fake out gift. No, I'm just playing. But yeah, so I was able to save, save some kids at at dreams. Well, last year we had a call in show and had more haters than lovers of Christmas, which ended up being kind of funny. Um, how? Well, do you want to tell a story? 
Christine, you got something? Well, I don't know. I mean, I love Christmas. I mean, I've been in the customer service industry for like 13 years, and uh, I have seen so many terrible things. I mean, it's just like, (laughs) I don't know what it is about the holidays that it's all about giving peace, comfort, and joy, and then you just step outside of your lovely home, and it's just anything but... (laughs) Oh gosh, it's just yeah. I don't know. Like in the cus- between working in a restaurant where you know people have you know come in to you know take a break from all of that stress, they're still like you know on edge. And like working behind a cash register is just the worst. Like people feel like they need to talk to you about everything. I remember when I was working at Aldi, I you know was wearing um, a Santa hat. I had these little. Um, light bulb uh, earrings and I had a Christmas tree pin on my uh, shirt you know it's like ah, I just spread the Christmas joy but I had this one customer who came through and after I was done checking her out I said uh, happy holidays have a nice day and she turned to me and she's just like you know you really shouldn't say that. And I was like, say say what? And she's just like, you shouldn't say happy holidays. You should say Merry Christmas. And she got into the whole thing. And I I was listening to her and because she didn't have any, I didn't have anyone else in line with me. So after she gave her spiel, I said, very matter of factly, this is a lie. I'm Jewish. (laughs) And uh, then she proceeded to apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. Like, you know, and then I went into my spiel about like, you know, not everybody celebrates Christmas. There's a lot of holidays that are covered between November and January, you know. So and she was just like, yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, she says, happy Hanukkah, walks away. I'm like, did she not see the Santa hat on my head and the Christmas tree pin? I am great. (laughs) No, that's a great line. So. I love that. That's a good one. That, absolutely a great one. Oh, my God. Uh, well, where do you guys spend the holidays with all this, with your extended families and everybody's in different places? I mean, I, my family's in New York, L.A., Connecticut, Texas. I mean, what do you, how do you decide where to go? I mean, I, I hate it. I if hate it was part. up to me, I would just lock the fucking door and just hang out with my wife for I the knew whole you'd say that. fucking month. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And yeah. you? Every Christmas is just, you know, the theme is just to, you know, uh, be with the ones that I love and it's changed throughout the years because you know in my 20s I was married and I was divorced and I was in a you know bad relationships with my parents and then good relationships with my parents and dating somebody and spending time with his family and you know it's always been the theme of who who is it that I need to spend Christmas with want to spend Christmas with uh you know it's just you know like that song sharing it with the ones you love I like that very cool. I used to eat Christmas dinner at Sheets. <laughs> like I used to just go by and get like an MTO. <laughs> I have <laughs> spent like a, a, place open. Yeah. I have yeah, spent yeah, a few right. Christmases at Chinese food restaurants. I have done that a few times. For sure. Yes, Chinese, uh, yes very famous for, uh, for that actually. Um, Sheets, duck. just so you know folks, uh, that's a 7-Eleven type place out here in Pittsburgh area. So actually mid-PA, not, not in the Philly area. But yeah, just so you're aware of what that is. We got, you know, got to keep, we keep it local here sometimes. Uh, let's see, worst possible moment. I'll tell you, I, this is this is kind of, mine's simple. My worst Christmas ever was, uh, I think I was 16 and I had a girlfriend at Christmas for the first time. That sucked. I hated it because she lived around the block. So she would visit constantly. 
and I had to buy a present. <laughs> she wanted to go for long walks in the cold. <laughs> like, I hate this. And it was like, actually, I was 15 because my parents were still together. And it was the last Christmas my parents were together. And I had a girlfriend. It was like the worst. Sorry, I know you're out there and you're probably listening because we just became friends again recently. So I'm not going to say your name on the air. But that was the worst Christmas ever. That sounds like a good problem, Dave. What it. Uh... No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. I didn't know what to buy. I bought her a necklace. You know. Oh, that, yeah, you're trying to. You just got to find a place to get to second base every once in a while. <laughs> well, you know what? We have, we have we have a caller coming in right now. Uh, somebody that's not a stranger to this network. Uh, caller, state your name. <laughs> Hi, this is Dave. Yeah, what's up, on, Nelson W. Piles? How you doing, man? What's going on? Well, else you got in the. Uh... In the studio there with you. Dr. John Towers and Christine Starkey. Hello. Oh, hey, guys. What's going on? Hello. <laughs> We're telling our worst <laughs> our worst Christmas stories ever that we could remember anyway. Hey, don't you remember? There was one I woke up in terrible pain on the side of a road. What? I was missing a kidney. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember a thing. Uh, worst Christmas. I was... Uh, this is going back like about a, a million years ago in 1985. Oh my god, that's the same year as mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it was, and and I had, I, I had gotten into high school theater. I was a freshman in high school, and the first audition came, and I got a part. And I, of course, you know, being a 15 year old, was like six foot five. I got to play the dad. <laughs> You know, so I started dating the chick that played my daughter. Whoa. <laughs> Juicy. Who was, who was, you know, it was my first girlfriend, too, on top of it. But, you know, I'm like, you know, I was a hero amongst the other assholes in my in my class. However, I was not a hero because this girl was in the same class as my older sister, who never ceased giving me shit about it. It's like, it's disgusting. I can't believe you're going out with her. Like, well, you know, what can I say? You know? <laughs> so it, it was my first girlfriend. I was new at fucking everything. And, and we happened to still be dating around Christmas time. So, you know, I'm like, going, okay, first girlfriend, got to make it, got to make good with the presents, you know, because, you know, yay, presents and stuff. <laughs> and so I got her. I got her with like this cool necklace. It has like a little heart in it. This you is know, getting like, not Nelson. Not to cut you off, but this, this is getting weird. I just told the same story. Did you really? Yeah, just before you called. Well, it it didn't have the faux. It didn't have the faux part. It ended horribly. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> so. Was it the same chick, you son of a bitch? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no. Long, Long Island, you were so, Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine what dates were. Like, the thing that, that uh, Jersey has more than anywhere else are diners and malls. Guess yeah. where the fuck we hung out? <laughs> like, there were, three, there were three diners in under a mile radius oh, yeah. from the mall, and there was a mall, and there was a diner in the mall to boot, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, we, appre- we appreciate this call, man. You got more? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not saying oh. yeah, All right. Please, go on. <laughs> so, so the day comes. It's like right before Christmas break. And 
there was some bullshit going on at, at the school. So I'm like, hey, you know, so we're like, hey, we can exchange gifts and stuff before the Christmas break. And, and you know, she's like, yay. So I get a ride. I go up there and I give her, you know, I give her the necklace and stuff. And keep in mind, I'm 15, okay? And, you know, and I give her this thing and she opens it up and she kind of goes pale. I'm like, well, what's, what's up she's like well here's here's your gift but don't open it until after we leave like alright whatever no we're you know trying to make it out and stuff and the, you know. trying to get to second base oh. that's what I told Dave <laughs> <laughs> what's that nothing no it, this is very similar it's very scary <laughs> go on so, yeah so you know we gotta go so you know my mom comes pick, picking me up in the family trucks there I get in the car and she's like, well, how'd it go? And I'm like, I don't know yet. And I open up the gift and it's a fucking card. And inside the card is uh, a little package and it's got these little things in it that you put in warm water and when the when the, the outer shell thing breaks down, you get five, you get like a sponge Santa Claus. <laughs> Uh, a sponge couple of reindeer and a sleigh. <laughs> and I had almost the exact same reaction that, you know, that, uh, that uh, Peter Billingsley gives when he decodes the little orphan Annie message <laughs> in the Christmas story. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm looking at it like a son of a bitch. <laughs> so that really, that, that already doomed relationships kind of like, it right there. I'm like, what the fuck? It could have been worse, Nelson. She could have got you a world's best dad mug. <laughs> or a Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> or a Dukes of Hazard oh, raceway. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was such a brief, chaste relationship. There was no threat of that happening. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> that was great, man. Surprisingly similar, man. You'll hear mine. <laughs> when are you putting it up, man? Uh, probably next week. I'm gonna try early, real early. <laughs> I would imagine before Christmas. Oh yeah, be yeah. Last show of the year, so show. yeah, you bet. But no, I appreciate it. you. Got more? Oh shit! <laughs> um, there was a the time I think it was like 1978, and I got this really cool remote control dinosaur <laughs> thing that. My uncle thought he could soup up. Oh no! So he grabbed. And he was and he was like, well into the well into the booze. <laughs> he's got this big honking cigar sticking out of his mouth. I was like, ah, hey, bring that thing over here, kid. And, and he gets like a, a, a screwdriver. So it's like, yeah, I can soup this thing right the hell up. Never worked. Uh. Didn't even get to play with it once while it worked. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Drunken uncles. Yeah. Right. All right, well, hey, Nelson, thank you so much for calling in. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, you got anything you want to get out there? What are you up to these days? Um, well, what is, I, I think, was it Marquise referred to me as, like, the Wizard of Oz? I'm, like, behind the Yep, scene. the man behind the curtain. Yeah, it's a pretty big goddamn curtain, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, let's see, what do I got going on? Everything here is a nightmare still for sale on Amazon. There it's you time go. to for kids. Yep, good gift, um, I- good gift idea, last minute. That's right, or you could just, you know, put my name in Amazon and pick up a whole treasure trove of shit with my name on it. <laughs> and uh, let's see, once once a month, me and uh, me and Tiffany Nell invade John's studio for Red Horse Radio. 
Cool. Who? Huh? <laughs> I think I was on that show. Yeah, you were. Christine was there. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, happy Christmas, you guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye, Merry Nelson. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Bye, that's very strange. We had a similar story. I didn't go into detail like he did, but that's to save face with certain people. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break here and listen to the, uh, the hit from last year from the Death Stars, Unholy Night. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Suddenly we're aware that we need chip and mep and coffee. Please hurry here before the souls do us in. A night of fear and Jet has a brown rear and Pentagon tattoos. <laughs> Pentagram tattoos while Satan reigns. <laughs> we- <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. okay, let's just start it over. Start four. Okay. Of Unholy Night, Love, The Death Stars, Allison, Dee Dee Fresh, Amanda, and Jet Marie. Go, Death Stars! Death Star Tambourines? Tambourines? Yeah. Is she gonna play tambourine? I don't know. It's right. okay. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you guys. Though. Go Death Stars. Death Stars. Okay, wait. We'll get it rocking. Right here we go. You got this. I'll yeah. hold this. Okay. Go. You're, you're live. Okay. All right. <laughs> I gotta find your third member. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I said member. Member. <laughs> you're crazy. Okay. How does this sound? Unholy night, the ghosts and ghouls are lurking. We hide and wait of the demons twerking. Twerking. Suddenly we're aware that we need chop MF and coffee. Please hurry here before the souls do us in. A demon strikes in the night to take your soul. The world will end, which is Satan's goal. God falls from grace. There's no hopeful human Save the world of the mothers. Stars. 
That was amazing. All right. <laughs> now we're done. I don't... It might not be as medicinal. I think the other one was just medicinal. Oh, that was, like, full of... Vigor. Vigor. Him. <laughs> Him and Vigor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did want you to sing Old Lang Syne. Watch this. Is that the, um... Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to
So we're talking about Life of Agony right now. Um, the band, one of John's favorite bands. He got me into them. I, I, I kind of missed them along the way, even though I liked a couple of tunes. And, I got um, you in them. Yeah, you let me borrow uh, two, or the CD that you had. And um, I really got into them a, a lot. And we're trying to talk Starkey into uh, well, let me burn listening. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll just burn. I have it on my computer here. I'll have to burn it for you. Oh, wait pirates. a second. Wait a second. I'm supposed to be. <laughs> we fucking, buy our music here. <laughs> I'll get you an iTunes. <laughs> get you an iTunes gift card, yes. and then you can download it yourself. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Hey, wow, Dave. Have you seen that um, the documentary series on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution? No. Oh, it's awesome, dude. You got to check it out. It's like it talks about like. Um, uh, the dudes that were even before the Sugar Hill Gang, oh, like man. the New York DJs that were do that were doing like pioneering rap before even the Sugar Hill. Gang. I would love to see. It's that. really good. I saw uh, me and Justin Johnson were talking about. There's this uh, one on um, uh, on funk music. It was a documentary, only an hour long. And it's a same, similar thing. Yeah, and uh, it was just so good. And there's just so much music out there that we kind of missed along the way. But it's where it comes from, where they get all their samples. Yeah, and yeah, it's amazing stuff. But um, let's see. Uh, what, were, what were we talking about too? Something else off air that was really interesting. I oh, In and Out Burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Out West, folks. We're not getting them here anytime soon. So, uh, Christine, you said you might have a story again for us. Oh or? yeah. Well, um, there's. I remember when I was a kid, I really wanted this um, doll, and I don't remember what the doll was called, but she was kind of like, you know, your size and her arms could like wrap around your body and her legs can like attach to your legs too. And you can like walk around with her, do cartwheels with her. And, you know, she was hmm. also comfortable enough to like, you know, sleep with. And, you know, what she did, she had, she had this on one side of her head. Um, she just had a smiling awake face and then you would like flip her hair over and then she has a sleepy face. So, you know, you would go to bed with her so you could like literally walk around with her and, you know, also go to bed with her. So I asked for this for one Christmas and I got it and I was like so excited and I loved it for only a few days before Christmas break ended. I had a nightmare about this doll that I'm having one right now. Actually, She had two heads and her arms like they could stretch, you know, really, really far that they literally just like she would stay in one place of the house and I would run towards another place of the house and her arms were ar would already be there and grab me at both sides and her, her her face just went like from like complete like the completely happy face that she had to like utter horror and like I was going to be killed I was going to be maimed I was going to be eaten I woke up God. screaming <laughs> and I threw the doll into the closet and it stayed there until that spring's uh, garage sale when I saw her being sold. And I literally, I watched that doll at the garage sale and I was like hoping, hoping to the invisible God that I then believed in to please get this doll away from me. So again, I don't remember the name of the doll, but uh, that's also because I probably wanted Locked to it out. wipe it from my existence completely. I don't know. But it sounded weird, but you totally lost me when you're like, yeah, you rip her face off and she's got a, I don't know what that doll is. Anyone out there can like send it to me. On the other hand, there might be a lot of guys that own that doll too. I'm just saying. Oh God, why? Wrapped, wrapped around your leg. That's a oh gosh. Anyway, oh, so disturbing. I yeah, know. there's a new thing called pillow humping that's like going oh, around now. It's exactly no. what it sounds like. Pillow humping. Uh, that's a thing for children. No, no, <laughs> no. Like, like the um the adult movies like. Like it's a oh, like man. a thing. That's ridiculous. Like you could search like pillow humping. Oh god! <laughs> I did hear something on the radio about that. Yeah, on XM. Yeah, the, yeah. the queens talked about it. That's the only way. Oh, I of course. 
Yes, the Queens of NC-17, one of our favorite shows here. Frylock was checking them out. Oh, really? Yeah, he digs their show. He digs what it's about. He hasn't listened to it yet. We talked about it. Like, yeah, you give it a listen. I love those ladies. Oh, you too. Another yeah. one. <laughs> All right, so I just saw Scrooge for the first time this year. He was one of the best Christmas movies. Bill Murray. I watch that every year. Do you know it was the first time I saw it? Really? What do yes. you think? And I loved it. Because Bobcat Goldwing. I, I was going to say, it's Bobcat's finest hour. <laughs> it really is. Although, he's no, he's made some good movies lately. Yeah. You know, that Willow yeah. Creek. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but favorite Christmas movie? Is that your favorite? Is that it? I mean, oh, man. I love Scrooge. I love Elf. Um, Elf, is, I like... Elf has grown on me through the years. The old and new Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, wow. I love, love, love Krampus. That came out last Ooh, year. Krampus yeah. has become, you know, a Christmas classic for me now. Oh, yeah. I got to see that again. Oh, gosh. I like Gremlins and Die Hard, too. Um, we talked about Krampus on your show, didn't we? I forget if we it did. It might have came up. I don't uh, know a whole lot about it. Well, it, you didn't see it yet? Did you not see it? No, I haven't oh, seen okay. it. Well, it's in the vein of Gremlins. Like it's a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas movie. It's it's you know it's a horror movie. Well, I disagree. I think Gremlins is one hundred percent about Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> Spielberg's I, Christmas, absolutely. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a a, com, a commentary on commercialism yeah. and what uh, what Americans do at Christmas. Fucking they eat too much. They take baths after midnight and they go fucking ape shit. <laughs> It wasn't Kolchak, the Night Stalker, in it, Mister Putterman. Yeah, that, that was probably. Him. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, I would see Mister Mister Putterman. Christmas Carol. Um, okay, I like the one with George C. Scott. Oh yeah, I but I was one. I said Muppets Christmas. Oh Carol. Muppets. Oh. <laughs> okay, so you are a fan. I right. watch that every December twenty fourth. Yeah. yeah, I used to watch uh, Die Hard every Christmas. That used to be my thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's ever everyone does it now. Like I'm looking at Facebook and everyone's like, it's not Christmas till hands falls off Nakatomi Plaza, and I'm like, this has been my tradition forever. So I'm kind of being hipster about it, and I'm like, now ask me what my favorite Christmas movie is. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Die Hard Two. Ah. Well, this is going to be the first Christmas wow. that we watch it, and we knowingly, uh, you know, Alan Rickman passed away last this oh, January, yeah, so that's, that's going to be weird. That's a mess. Uh, but well, we're talking about last minute gift items, and one of the big ones, of course, uh, that's why Mister Towers is here today, is his graphic novel, The Ages. And uh, from what I saw, and I got a glimpse of it, I got to go through the whole thing real quick, which I don't like doing because I don't like seeing things at the end that'll ruin things in the beginning. Um, Real quick now, how did where like the synopsis again? What what I, I'm trying to put wrap my head around it because it's not it's a continuation of what you you previously did, and yet I, how does it fall in line with it, your other books? It's kind of think of it as like a prequel sort of, but it doesn't have like only one character in it that relates to the stories. I think our, I think my dog just gassed us out. I think here. so. Yeah, <laughs> She's I been... was going to ask when we were off air who who <laughs> fucking did that. No, no, I, nope. I me. was like, maybe it was that snake fellow. No. I see her shadow out there. <laughs> yeah, she's, oh, she's, God. No, she's been doing this all day, man. And it's it's I, rough. She's got some upset <laughs> stomach, and it's killing me. In this room, yeah, maybe you should open that And then door. I saw that you had a Porkins action figure, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some Star Wars controversy on that one, too. Uh, but we'll, 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 She's right there. He, he opened the door, and she's just sitting there. <laughs> with her wearing... With her back to us, and she's looking decked out guilty. for Christmas. She's so, wearing so a she, Christmas sweater. <laughs> She has a Santa's Christmas sweater on, and she farted underneath the door. You gotta take that ass away. 
Whoa. Yeah, she, she killed us in here, man. All right. Oh, she's mad at come me on. Christmas yeah, she's, come on. She's mad at all of us. Come on. <laughs> what do you feed this animal? No, nah, you know what? She's been. A, she's had an upset stomach today. Aww. She's on very bland food. It reminds yeah. me of that. It reminds me of that Seinfeld word. That was the funniest thing in the world. You opening the door and she literally has her butt sitting down. And she was looking at us like right, behind her back, right behind like, the door. And she's what's that name? Oh my God! Why did wow. I get a picture of that? Wow! To anybody that has a boxer, lab, pit bull out there, <laughs> be warned. Oh my this reminds God. me of. Wow. When I was in basic training, they made us go through a gas chamber, <laughs> and you had to wear your gas mask, and then you have to get in the gas chamber, and you have to take your gas mask off and breathe in the CS gas. Oh, this is exactly the same thing. Uh, we opened the studio window here for the first time this winter. Oh, oh man, that was that was rough. Whoa. And it's like the coldest day outside, too. So it's like, Merry Christmas, here's everybody. A, here's a new Christmas horror story that we all got to share, you guys. It's colder than a Yeti's beehole out there. It's, it's crazy. I, I honestly, it, Jed is part of a lot of shows because she barks a lot. But that, oh. that's a that's a new that's a, definitely a new angle. Literally. Whew. Okay. And, yeah. All right. Once again, talking to Frylock, he, he knew Jet. <laughs> he knew of Jet. He was just like, yeah, I know about your dog. I'm like, what? Hmm. He, I, he did some research on me. It was really kind of creepy. <laughs> nice guy though. All right. I All right. So, I think it's clearing out in here. It is. Finally. Yeah, I got the window open. But uh, okay, <laughs> back to your book. How does it fall? Dave, I felt like I was in Auschwitz for a second. <laughs> it was a pretty shitty situation. <laughs> Smellorama. Wow, it's a yeah, the studio isn't that big. Helm's Deep headquarters is kind of cramped, and when somebody is letting one loose like that, oh, Jeff. I'm just glad that wasn't me. No, I, I, we're all looking at each other like, what? I'm like, Dave needs to go to the hospital. I feel like it was the <laughs> Oh my god. All right, uh, back on point. <laughs> how does how does the ages fall into your your timeline? It would be like a pre- it would be like a prequel. Really? And it, yeah, and it helps like set up a bunch of stuff that I've been writing about forever, like the um the evil like magic users, the Sh- Order of the Shining Hexagon. Like you get to kind of see their like origin story, mm-hmm. you know. But it also serves as a good jumping off point. So if you've never read any of my other stuff. You just jump jump right in right That's from here. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's kind of like a soft reboot, sort of. It's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, and you get them hooked, and they get to know your characters. Um, you said it took you two years to do this. Yeah. Um, was it the plan all along, or, or like, did, did things change while you're writing these things? Like, story-wise, like, um, as you go, do you stay on target, or do you, like, take a left turn, like, this is a better idea? Um. Or, Kind of a little bit of both. Like, I try to be slavish to, like, my outline and stuff. But every once in a while, like, I'll, I'll look at the pacing and I'll be like, hey, I, hold on, I need a good, like, character moment here or something. Or I need to give you guys a reason to care about this fucker again. You know, so, so I'll do, like, you know, do something, like, funny with them. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's, like, different. It's a little bit harder than doing it, like, I guess how you would do it. Like, when you're writing, because I have to, like, find, like, a page break mm. and, like, squeeze something in like in in between and just hope it's seamless enough to like f- still fit in if i'm gonna do something like at the last minute but yeah i mean I, I do that yeah and you making making you care about your characters i mean folks if you read his stuff be careful who you care about <laughs> well i know george rr R. martin but i do like to kill some fuckers every now and again oh man it's brutal brutal stuff I, you like your violence that's how we sold it at that uh that last what was it the uh walking what was that 
Walk, uh, Walk of the Dead Fest we just did. And mm-hmm. I was selling it, well, trying to sell it to folks, saying, you know, this is the this is a violent one. I had my demon eye sitting there. I was like, this is docile. This is violent. <laughs> <laughs> and then that girl, yeah, got both. She she bought both. Well, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's another story. But um, as far as like, well, how many pages is it? First of all, uh, I think it clocks in at I think two thirty, maybe something like that. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I, uh, Christine, I don't know if you know this about this guy, but he's a workaholic when he when it comes to writing. You look on that wall, there's four comic books that we did together, and uh, I want to say it was done within two and a half months. You, yeah, you belted out those issues yeah, just like probably. that. I had the easy job. I, I wrote it, and he, you know, he had to prove and add stuff, but he he drew that. And that's unheard of. There's no, I don't know of any artist out there that does that that quickly. In two years for 230 pages. That's still a lot of work. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. What is this? Uh, how much is it if people go to buy it online on Amazon? I believe Burning Bulb has it on Amazon for, I want to say, $14. For 230 pages, folks? All art? Like 200 to 230 I, I it's good stuff. I kind of I fail at the page count. Ah, oh, gravy. So do you enjoy killing off your favorite characters? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes they do stuff that you just, you can't get, they can't be redeemed for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like the best you could do is give them a heroic death. <laughs> well, um, can you give us uh, some of the characters, like main characters' names and what they do? And- yeah, well, I mean, because it stretches so long, like, mm. the, it, the book's called The Ages because it's based on this idea of the astrological procession of the ages. So the Earth because of how we wobble through space, you know, mm-hmm. um, the equator passes, the equator passes through different constellations and that marks like the ages. So it, it's like the age of cancer and the age of Aquarius or the age of Taurus and Aries. And it goes, it works actually backwards through the Zodiac. So like right now we would be like in the age of Aquarius or like the last half of the age of the Pisces. Mm-hmm. And, all people all around the world, like in the ancient times, knew this because it reflects in their myths, in their like r- religion and stuff. Like even in the Bible, like uh, when Moses, like in Exodus, when Moses climbs Mount Su- Mount Sinai and he comes down with the uh, the Ten Commandments, there a group of the Hebrews have broken down and they started worshiping their older god, which was Taurus. It was a bull god. And that would technically, when he came down from, well, in Moses's day, would be Aries, would be the age of Aries. So he comes down, and he sees that they're worshiping Taurus again. And he's like, no, no, no. He puts a, a stop to all of it. He's like, we got to continue on with like this, age, like this age of Aries. Again, Jesus does the same thing. He's in the age of Pisces, and he's telling his folks that they have to go forward into the age of Aquarius. And the way he does it is he's like... When I'm gone, you guys got to go in the city, find the dude with the bucket of water and follow that guy. And that's like, that's Aquarius. So there's like things like this embedded in like myths and religions all like all over the world. So that's the way that each chapter of my book encapsulates like one of these ages. Mm. And wow, (laughs) astrologically, they're like 2,500 years apiece, which would make it like a young earth kind of theory. But I, I try not to... I'm not like bolted down to that. It's just was a cool way to like structure a book, in my opinion. You know, structure is one thing. Um, you, we can't even label your book a horror, a sci-fi, a historical. I mean, it just it, there's no label for it. It's just you cover all bases. Yeah, I try to go it's with action, like action, like yeah. real 
alternative religion action mythology. I mean, yeah, in, in the past you've had plat- anybody can get anything out of that book. Oh, yeah. hell yeah! I, if they're not buying it, they're crazy. I, I mean, honestly, I'm going to be buying it for a couple of people for Christmas. Um, but yeah, you, you'll can combine like platoons of soldiers with angels in the same storyline. It's yeah. just so wild. Nobody thinks like that. Yeah, and it's cool. So like the characters, the main one is because. Like you're looking at such a large timeline, he starts off as Kane, and he takes on like different names and like different eras or whatever. But he winds up being Cyrus the Dead Guy, who's like my ever living uh, favorite skeletal warrior, favorite of mine actually, big time, <laughs> big time. He's done a lot of fun stuff, and he shows up in just about all of your stuff. Uh, up to a certain like he's not in the beginning stuff, mm. um, but like since since probably like the Jihad book. Right, yeah, oh, right. I think he's... Well, yeah, he wasn't in the... Yeah, I know. I read all your earlier stuff. Yeah. Um, actually, well, Christine, is this something you would like to buy? Yeah, or, I, I know mean, tons I, of people, I'm looking too. At your face. Like, just listening to him talk about, like, you know, the history and the mythology of it, I'm like, I have so many friends who would just dig to read this book, uh-huh. and I I need to read more of your, you know, earlier stuff before I dig into that. So yeah, it's kind but of you like, don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to, yes, but, like, I'm, like, excited now as he's discussing this. I'm yeah. just like, I have to wait on that. Not that I won't buy it very, very soon, but that, yeah, I gotta dig into some of your earlier work, too, but I love seeing all of the art that you post on Instagram yeah. That yeah. for all these other projects you're talking about. I'm just like... I need to read more of it. I was looking to see if I had some on the shelf here, which I, I usually do have, like, all my friend's stuff over here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, no, so, that means it's uh, on the bed, next to the bed table there. So, um, when, when I when I release one of these graphic novels, I try to release, like, a couple smaller, like, comic book-sized comic books to, like... Um, Tease? Well, like, to or, support the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these ones, um, the one is called uh, The Non-Standard Squad 1944, and it's basically oh, wow. Cyrus and Lane McCord, McCord. in World War Two fighting. Um, there's this uh, Nazi wizard who's taking control of, like, an army of gremlins who's in there. They're like trying, they're like chasing McCord around with little wrenches and they're like taking him apart. Like as he's like trying to McCord is a giant. He's, well, he's a, he's a robot, he's a, war, robot. a war bot, war bot. Correct. Yeah. And, and if you see him, you fall in love with him. I, I'd love to say what he, he looks like an old fashioned. What would you say? Like a cartoon I, from the forties. I, I, he's like a, like kind of like a Jeep. Like he's kind of like transformer a transformer jeep. Yeah, yeah. Kind of if you tr- if he were to transform it, he'd be a jeep. Yeah, but, but it's like a, and he talks like an old man. He talks <laughs> like, like a like a pre like a like a sitcom dad yes, in the fifties. Yes. Like he's like righto sport and like this kind of <laughs> vernacular. Yeah, you just fall in love with the character. I think don't you have a physical one in your house? Didn't, isn't there? A, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the uh, the second comic issue coming out to support the book is called vienna 1683 and this is the best one it's uh it's actually a true story that i just infused cyrus into and basically um vienna is this huge walled city because uh the ottomans in the 1500s stormed it and tried to take it over so when they failed they erected these huge walls around the city and in 1683, this is actually the story of the first 9-11. This is, like, why 9-11 happened on 9-11 was because of what happened in Vienna in 1683. The Ottoman Empire surrounded the city for 28 days, and they put it under siege. And people in the city were, like, starving, and they had, like, mass graves, and kids were getting sick and, and all this stuff. And the Ottomans would send these emissaries up. And the guy running the city at the time was this guy named Count Ernest von stromberg and he's like a real dandy of a lady like if you look at him he's got like a little tiny mustache and he wears like a bustle 
and stuff, but he's actually like a fucking like a bat, like the baddest ass guy of the time. So these emissaries would come up and they'd be like, hey, you guys don't even have to convert. We won't kill you. Just let us take over the city. We'll throw a little tax on you and we'll let all your people live. And he's like, no, go fuck yourself. Like he just kept telling them, no, no. And they were defending these city walls. <clears throat> well, eventually this guy, the king of Poland named Jan Sobieski, the third marched this huge army up to like this uh, eastern high plain above the city that the um, the Ottomans weren't paying attention to uh, in to their detriment. And he lined up these a cavalry charge of these soldiers. They were called the flying Hussars. <laughs> Have you ever see, he, no. heard of these guys? They're armored and their horses were armored and they built fake wings into their armor. So they look like like fucking like badass angels. Oh my God. In 1683, they had muskets and stuff too. So they would like run through with like these blunderbusses and they had swords and spears. <laughs> oh my God. And he lined all these Hussars up and they did the biggest cavalry charge in the history of the world. It still stands down and it broke the ottoman line they saved the city and this is actually the um i do remember <laughs> that i did see something about that now when you said that yeah this is this is this is the battle that actually broke the the ottoman empire it started it broke its back and it started to climb the caliphate was like ended basically on on that day so um I'm really excited about that. I'm pumped. It's like one of my favorite stories. I actually wanted to do it as a gigantic graphic novel, but I, like it was up to do, and I just had you to already did one. <laughs> so um, yeah, those are coming next. Those are going to be uh, published next month. They'll be they'll be available. Okay, so these are one shots. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so one shots that coincide with yeah they have, the ages. They both have Cyrus in them. They're basically, it's like what he was doing in other places in his like in history. So you'll be able to get those at uh, Burning Ball Publishing. No, they're no. I'm going to do those. You, oh. it's Stigmata Studios. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Important. We'll tell people how to get them there. www.stigmatastudios.com. Very good. Now I know what I'm getting myself for Christmas <laughs> and what I'm getting myself for my birthday in February. Yeah, she was totally intrigued. She buys all the stuff too. She's really good about independent art and people in the area, local stuff. I, I, that's why I constantly have her on the show. What have you got going on right now? Me? Well, you know, I had my bilateral double mastectomy a nice. month ago. <laughs> uh, so I've kind of been MIA, but I have been doing a lot of writing to the point where, you know, I've, good. Uh, you know, I've been in like a huge like writer slump ever since like my separation from my ex-husband. So it's been like three years long and I've been writing here and there. But ever since I have so much time on my hands, it's like, write, 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 write. Now I'm thinking about writing this book next year. And that be my goal is to finish this book by uh, year's end. Because right now it's kind of like a story that's writing itself. Well, do, oh, good. Do that. Yeah. So Absolutely. are you, is it like journaling or poetry or are you writing a a it's a uh, well. Story. It's back in when I was in high school. I did this graduation project, and it was a book that I wrote with my experiences with running in high school. And I never finished it because I always told myself, like, well, the 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 ending isn't you know written yet. Like, because I just literally wrote my experiences down of what happened to me in high school, and I was never really happy with it. Uh, but I was just like, well, I can always like retweak it or something and, you know, move on from here. And then, you know, the whole cancer diagnosis happened. And I'm just like, well, what, what's going, what am I going to do every single day of my cancer? Run. And I just realized how much running has been involved in my life. So it's not so much kind of like a cancer book in a sense that, well, it kind of opens up, you know, with, you know, me getting diagnosed. And um, we delve into my past. So also my history of running, you know, when I was, uh, 
you know, in high school. So that's where, you know, the furthest we go in my past. And, you know, just kind of like through the years, you know, through my marriage, my divorce, my, you know, uh, careers, my, you know, life changing all this stuff I've kind of like run so it's just kind of like a motivational thing like saying you know don't give up always work hard sort of thing so the ending I think is going to be um, next year uh, in you know I turned 30 and I always said my 30th year I'm going to run my first marathon nice. so the ending of the book is uh, the start of the marathon cool so it's like yeah. an openly love letter to running <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so now that i'm talking about this publicly which yeah, yeah, you know i have only really been are. i've only been telling so many people it's just like now i have no excuse now but you, to write now it. you have to do it <laughs> right well you know what there's a there's a new outlet for you too because i'm starting uh well it could be a series um where i will be presenting new writers on board um i have a collection coming out and if you have something available right now that's short i'll take it and um, with uh, Burning Bulb, of course, it's going to be David J. Fairhead Presents, and it's called Fiends of the Flesh. And it could be anything from sci-fi horror to drama Cause there's, and, and true crime. There's a couple of those, Are you editing too. it? No. Uh, yes and no. Okay. Yes and well, no. Well, good, because yeah. I'll, I'll show you some stuff that I have that's uh, short, but uh, I yeah, I, I probably need somebody to look over No it. problem. No, I have an editor. I, I, she's a college professor, and she's really good at it. So, um, yeah, and she's a writer as well. But, yeah, I'm putting this together. It was something I put together a while ago. just didn't come to fruition because some people were dragging their feet a lot. Are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah, yeah. Gary okay. knows all about it. All yeah, right. it's all good. It's done. It's just I'm um, waiting for one more submission. And um, it may or may not happen. We'll see what happens. But you're on board no matter what. Oh, sweet. So, Wonderful. Yeah, whether it's, you know, the next time or this time. Depends how fast you can get you it to keep me. me. You keep me track on that because right no now, problem. even though I'll be starting back up at Trader Joe's at the end of the month now, um, I'm going to be doing a lot of writing in the new year. So, you know. Give keep, me something short. Give me something short. Keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a, our last break here before we close tonight. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Hey, folks. We like to keep it whimsical here, but every now and then a real serious subject comes up, and we like to help a friend out. And um, you're friends with my friend, Christine Starkey. She has a GoFundMe. She's been through a lot. Um, and as you probably just heard, just go to www.gofundme.com backslash Starkey Strong and help her pay her bills. She could use your help. That's why we do this. Trying to help each other out, man. All right. Again, www.gofundme.com backslash Starkey Strong. If it's a buck, whatever it is, just help a friend out. Thank you very much. Die Hard. Classic. 
Still with us with our Christmas episode here at Kettle Whistle Radio. Um, I had a Star Wars story for these guys here since Rogue One is coming out. I don't. Uh, Starkey's not privy to uh, the uh, the un- well the cut scenes from Star Wars where Luke and it's in the book too is hanging out at the bar with his friends Tashi Station. He talks. He about had to it. go get some power converters. power converters right. exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, he's out there. Like uh, he, he's getting ripped on by his friends the entire time he's there. They're playing this like space pool game, and they're just like picking on him. He was the whooping boy of the of the group, hmm. and um, he at one point runs out of the bar and he has his bino. Uh, what do they call it? The electro binoculars. He's looking up and he can see the battle in space taking place between the, you know the, what was it, the Avon Four? What do they call that? The uh, it's a tan- Corvette Tanty Four. And- Tanted Four. Thank you. And the Star Destroyer. And he he's out there looking at it. But the funny, the funny part about this is that there was a girl in that part too, this redhead, and she's really cute. And because that scene got cut, she blames George Lucas for her life in porn. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. So she went and did porn after that because that scene got cut from Star Wars, biggest film in history. And then, do you um do you have a copy of the holiday special? I do on VHS. Oh God. VHS. Are we gonna watch that once we're done? <laughs> oh no, I can't because it's on VHS. I mean, yeah, I'm watching I... Rogue One tomorrow, so you know my faith in humanity <laughs> will be restored. It's time tomorrow. Have you, yeah, have you ever seen it? I saw it once in college, and it was the worst thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> it's like everyone was stoned. Like everyone knew it was awful, and it, like fucking B. Arthur was <laughs> singing. And I'm sure she was high. Art Carney. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it was insane. And, uh, not, and not, the stupid. Wh- what about that grandpa sitting on like the couch and like watching some kind of like sex music video on like those binocular things like he had like his tongue sticking out at one point i was like this is what why yeah huh and now we know that carrie fisher and harrison ford had an affair during that i read that it was it was during the star wars it was was during the holiday special no by the holiday special they were done i would have guessed that it was uh empire Empire. strikes back yeah Mm. I'm not sure now. Good question. Well, gotta... They said they said the first film. Okay. Uh, uh, and then by the Star Wars holiday special, they were done, and they still had like you know a friendly kind of you know relationship after that, but it wasn't anything, you know, sexual or anything. That was just like on the weekends during the filming of A New Hope. A New Hope, indeed. How old was she? She was twenty six. No, oh, she was nineteen. No. She was nineteen. You're right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was in his thirties. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Oh, jeez. A little well, skeezy. Actually, John, I had a few more questions for you as well. Um, you know that was the first appearance of Boba Fett? Yes, it was. In yeah, the cartoon. In the cartoon. That little cartoon section. segment. Yes. and Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But back to your, your, your book, The Ages. I, I, there's a couple of questions that we missed. Um, are any of these characters ever based on folks that you know? Any of my characters? Yeah. Do you ever, like, mesh a real person with somebody that you just made up? No. Never. I don't think so. So you make them all up. Yeah, I mean, I think that every writer informs their characters by, like, stuff. But I I couldn't, like, point to anyone and say that any specific person influenced the design or the the characterization of any of the characters. 
Interesting. And um, we talked about this before. Did you do you write a skeleton? Do you write it out before you actually storyboard? Or you a hundred thousand times? Really? Yeah. I outline, 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 and then I write and throw it away and write again and throw it away and write again. Like the stuff that I'm going to be doing after this, I've been I've been drafting probably for like a year. Like I just can't figure out how to get it right. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. So like you're talking, you write out the 230 pages, but you actually you have it written out. Bullet points? Are you writing the story? Like could you put it out as a novel? No, no. Because if, no. Because I, I know like what the characters look like and like what the location is going to look like. So I don't have to describe that to an artist. Mm-hmm. So basically like when I outline, I'm just trying to hash out like the story arc. You know, and then when I start writing the script, basically it's just like the the dialogue and like the stage direction that I'm think that I'm thinking of. So then I'll I'll print like I'll get it done and I'll print it out and then I'll draw little thumbnail sized pages next to like each of the the pages on the script right, or whatever, right. and I'll start figuring out what the layout's going to be because I want the the reveal frames to be a certain way or I want to hold. I want to hold it back so when you turn the page, the big reveal, like, does that make sense? Like, yeah, it does. If I'm going to make, you know, it needs to be like a Christmas present. So mm. it's like, here's all the setup, and then you turn the page, and there's like the, the reveal or like the payoff of something. Um, so, yeah, so I start doing like all the little layouts and stuff there, and then I, I work it up, make it like even a like make it a more rough but finished mm. bigger version, and then I start just doing like the, the artwork for it. <laughs> tons of work uh, the other thing about your stuff too like i don't want to call them easter eggs but you used to have like uh like a newsreel at the back of the book of things that happened in the in the world like you used to have that that the one with the giant squid attacking yeah. the city are you doing that again um or? in in the ages i actually did like a bunch of stuff um just to kind of fill in the gap because he's been like around so like i have him as like a conductor of the uh of the underground railroad in one point. And, um, because the book is based around astrology and like the first thing that he kind of figures out is there's a, there's actually like a lost Zodiac sign called Ophiuchus. It's a serpent wrestler. It's a guy holding both ends of a snake. And that's like a for real thing. You can Google it right now if you want. And, um, so back in the day, what they would do is they would make slave songs and they would work in, constellations into the slave song so when they can get the fuck off the farm they could look at the night sky and figure out which way was north which way they had to go so what i did is i wrote like an old slave song using this serpent bearer and like i have like a little graphic of him like conducting like the underground railroad uh, another thing i did is i wrote I actually wrote two songs. Like I wrote two cowboy songs, like west what? country western songs. <laughs> Wait a second. And so it's like i have him like um like I have him, like basically telling like two of the like two of the stories of him, like what he would be doing like in the old west days. Like one, he's like riding with a posse, so I got to like describe like the posse of like badass cowboys that he's riding with and stuff. And yeah, so it was. I mean, it was. I'm not a songwriter at all. I I let Nelson read them because I 
I was expecting to laugh me off the face of the planet. And he was like, dude, do you want music for this? Like, I don't like it. Just write it for you. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it worked for me. You're holding the Cowboy Dictionary. When I wrote Demon Eye, that, that book helped me out. But um, yeah, I, I, my friend Erica, who does Fashion Trashin' on YouTube, check it out. Hilarious show with sock puppets. Um, she did the video um, commercial for Demon Eye uh, with the band Magnet School. And it turned out excellent. And that, that book right there it came in very handy. Um, given to me by my friend Ken, and uh, interesting. So you're writing songs for your your characters now. That that well, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was difficult for me because, like I said, I, I don't really have a musical bone in my body. So what I did is I just like went and found like some like traditional cowboy songs, and I just kind of like patterned the rhyming after like what what they did, sort of. So um, so there's that, and then I did like some newspaper clippings of like what like stuff that he did in world war one and stuff that he did in world war two, just mm-hmm. like some, um, just stuff, just background. I just wanted some background stuff for him. Very cool. Man. Didn't see that coming really branching out. Christine, you got anything else for him? Cause I'm pretty much that I'm, I'm spent on this man. No, it's good is, stuff. I'm just enjoying listening to him. Talk about <laughs> <all of> this. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it is intriguing, but once again, you can get that at www burningbowlpublishing.com and if you're the least bit interested in some horror look up Demon Eye the comic book that's mine and Dwelling in the Dark and of course The Fall of Tomorrow the first one if you are interested in horror at all great end of the well last minute Christmas gifts If and they're kind of cheap I mean and the ages is going for 14 bucks 230 pages of graphic novel for 14 we'll say 200 to 230 pages okay. somewhere in there Whew. What an endeavor! Um, <laughs> it's 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 like a monument to my insanity, Dave. <laughs> I, I, yes, I'm just going to say yes. Um, find me at Fairly Dark, and of, of course on Facebook, David Fairhead. Um, you guys, where do we find you guys? Uh, you go to StigmataStudios.com, uh, and there's links to all my uh, social media up there. But it's Stigmata Studios on Facebook. Stigmata Studios on Instagram, like we said earlier, I like to post a lot of uh, process shots and stuff on Instagram. So if you're wondering about how do, how do these fuckers draw comic books, just like me on Instagram and I'll show you. <laughs> there you go, And folks. Twitter is uh, at J-O-N-N-Y-A-X-X. And if you're a band, hit me up on Twitter, at Fairly Dark. Uh, send me music, whatever you got, and we'll play it here. Christine? Oh, I'm around. <laughs> I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Christy Starkey. Uh, you can find me there. And you did share a lot tonight. Did I? Yeah, you did. Okay. You okay with that? <laughs> no, I'm great. All right. And she is great. Chris, uh, what we call Starkey Strong? Is that what we- Starkey Strong, <laughs> Starkey yeah. Strong. <laughs> you could see her running around Pittsburgh. <laughs> Usually what? Well, I remember, or... I remember when I had her on Red Horse, like she was coming on at like 1130 in the afternoon or something, or 1130 in the morning. And I'm woke up, I'm got like a hangover, I'm feeling like shit. And she shows up and she's already like ran like a half marathon or something. Uh, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, bouncing off the walls. I haven't ran a good 10 miles in a long time. <laughs> I need to go for a long distance run really soon. Well, you look fantastic. Thank you. Yes. yes. You yeah. smell great. Just, yeah. I smell like Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> The lovely Christine Starkey, absolutely. Uh, and, um, well, uh, Merry Christmas, folks. I mean, I, I got a wish, that's for sure. And, uh, well, you you already know what that is. So. Yeah, so you take care of yourself. Uh, anything else, guys? 
It's been fun hanging out with you boys. Oh, it's been fun hanging out with you. <laughs> All right. And, and Dave, I guess. And me too sometimes. <laughs> hey, Dave, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for plugging the book oh, and yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, and Jet sends her wishes through the doorway. <laughs> that was crazy. I still can't believe. That was so her, bad, but that was so funny. Her butt. I'm was, looking at both of you guys. I'm like, what? Who the fuck did that? I was gonna wait until after we were off the no, air no, no, no. to discuss who the fuck did that. I'm like, did and you open up the died? door. <laughs> her butt was right under the door. And she was looking at. Us she was with looking that at fucking us. Christmas sweater. Huh? She's wearing a Christmas sweater. She was. Uh, I shopped for this present for you guys for a long time. Oh boy! It's like, what guys? I just really wanted to show you my sweater. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to our Christmas special. We'll leave you with that. <laughs> All right. Happy holidays. See you in uh, 2017. Rogue One. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.